Thanks for tuning into my new show, Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. I'm Steve Ray, author of the book, How to Get U.S. Market Ready. And in my previous podcast, I shared some of the lessons I've learned from 30 years in the wine and spirits business, helping brands enter and grow in the U.S. market. This series will be dedicated to the personalities who have been working in the Italian wine sector in the U.S., their experiences, challenges, and personal stories. I'll uncover the roads that they walked, shedding light on current trends, business strategies, and their unique brands. So, thanks for listening in, and let's get to the interview. Hi, this is Steve Ray, and welcome to this week's edition of Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People on the Italian Wine Podcast. And this week, we're pleased to have as a guest Antonino Laspina, who is the Italian Trade Commissioner of New York. Thank you. Thank you. So let's jump right into it. Um, one of the first questions I have, one challenge for Italian wines is the sheer number of offerings. I understand there's over 600 indigenous varietals, plus all the innovative new styles and brands such as Super Tuscans. In addition, consumer familiarity with Italian wine varies by market. How do you expose and expand consumer recognition of all that Italian wine has to offer? Some experience that we had that during the 2020, such as the promotion of uh, wines uh, with uh, uh, some Italian selected Italian restaurants, uh, has given us the chance to elaborate a strategy that is going to be developed in the future. And we are confident that uh, this is give us the chance to get in touch with uh, important players, as I mentioned, in the new areas, new cities, new met- metropolitan areas, because we have seen that. Uh, what is moving in this market is the combination of the Italian wine uh, paired with a pairing with the Italian food. After all, we can say that out of the almost uh, 5 billion US dollars of export from Italy, we have almost 2 billion of US dollars of wine. So it's almost 34% of our export. But Italy is leader in many other food products. And this is what is important if you want to send a message to the consumer, to the traders, to the restaurants, because what is coming from Italy, as I told you, is not just a a product, but is a a culture, the culture of wine, the culture of food, the culture of the Italian food, where food and wine are combined and they make a, a very unique experience. And this is going to be in the future. Uh, a comment here, I got asked, forget what the specific question was, but my answer was, if it grows together, it goes together. And I think that's kind of a model for you know what I drink when I'm in Italy. I'll drink something different in Bologna than I would in even Verona, right? Or certainly Rome or in the South. There's a new TV show that's airing in, in the US. Uh, it's probably on the fourth out of fifth with Stanley Tucci. Yes. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it, but I think it's extraordinary. The only negative I have about it is he doesn't talk about wine at all. He goes, waxes prolific about how wonderful Italian food is, which is true. You're making a point now about wine and food kind of go together. How can you guys, or do you have plans to leverage, you know, the media power of that being seen by millions and tens of millions of people? 
Yes, of course. I, I am aware of the success of the Tucci's program, uh, but as you know, it's different the approach that as an Italian trade agency we have when we have to deal with this kind of subject. That was a, a kind of, uh, of course, private initiative. So they were focusing on food. We have always been focusing on this combination of wine and food coming from Italy. If you want the experience of the success of Tucci's program is giving us an additional strength to work more and more on the fact that we have to combine wine and food. Of course, we are not going to make uh, every single activity uh, or action where we are combining food and wine. For instance, when we have to go for the training courses for wine specialists, wine connoisseurs, we know that we have to specialize on wine. And this is what we are going to do as well. We tried uh, in, during the 2020 to combine some events. We sent wines to the specialist and we had the lecturer that was positioned in some place that was different. But in the future, we are going to take advantage of the digital tool to have, for instance, the first cycle of lessons and lectures uh, digital. And then we can select in a specific place, a limited number of people that are going to have a more specific education. If you want, this gives us the chance to reach more people, but to educate a limited number of people that have been showing more interest for the issue of the Italian wine. Are you talking about the trade now or consumers? It can be trade and consumers. Of course, consumers, as you know, today is very difficult, is impossible. Whatever you would like to do with the consumers, it's difficult to gather the people. But this is going to be on two different levels. On one side, I always mention the traders, but we are aware of the fact that new consumers, they should be reached with the social communication, of course, with the new tools of the communication, but also we have to take them, you know, in front of a glass of wine. And at the time that we are explaining why this wine is different from what the wine that they've been, you know, accustomed with, it's the time that they have to understand that what is coming from the other regions of Italy is equal in terms of quality to the other wines. In terms of values that are emerging from the market, we are understanding that, you know, the green approach, sustainability are becoming uh, important factors in terms of evaluation of uh, the old consumers and the new consumers. Maybe for the new consumers, this is becoming more important. Let me say that uh, as a country, I think we are already there in the sense that, uh, you know, the great sense of respect that the uh, winemakers in Italy have been showing, you know, during the centuries for the Italian peninsula is proved by the fact that is uh, our scenario, our panorama looks like is a picked, you know, one, because it's in some ways perfect. You see some areas of vineyards, now they are belong to the list of the heritage of the UNESCO. So this is, I think, is very much in line with the new expectations and the new values that are emerging from the market. Wine that is coming from Italy is very much in line with this new trends, these new values. This is, I think, another plus, another factor of competitiveness that we can add. Up to now has been always, you know, a competition on fantastic, the colors, the heritage, the story of the, the history of the family or that has made the wine, the, the territory that has made the wine. I think in the future it's going to be how good is the wine in terms of, uh, you know, respect of the nature, of the green approach, how sustainable is the production of this wine, what is the 
the, the impact that making this wine for the American consumer, for the U.S. consumer, has generated on the nature, on the land, and so on and so Here, I think we are already there. We can say that we have a, if you want, a certain certification. You know, at the time that the people, they come to visit Italy, they can see. It's an open country where you can see and visit any kind of winemakers, and you can see the way that this wine is made by the medium-sized, the large and historical winemakers uh, and the small winemakers that is now emerging with a new system of uh, production of wine. So one of the questions on these programs is how do you balance between consumer and trade? Obviously, trade represents a gateway to consumers, but it, and it has to go through them to get to consumers. And then there's the whole consumer education thing, which some people can say is very complicated in Italy, and some people can say just the opposite. Uh, you know, we know that since we have uh, small and medium-sized companies, and we cannot count on big entities. Uh, uh, our concern has been always that the first contact, the first touch is with the traders, with the business people. That's why, as I mentioned, when we have events such as Vinitari or other events in Italy, and we have some kind of business trip organized to Italy, we always are aiming at selecting the buyers, the traders, because we think that the, the distribution network is the first approach that we have to conduct into this market. We have to offer the Italian companies the possibility to start you know, some kind of uh, negotiation and relationship and partnership with the people that are going to make easier for them to introduce the wine, to distribute the wine in this market. But of course, there is a, a parallel action that we have developed because at the same time that we are conducting our scouting for the uh, traders, we have to make people and consumers aware of the existence of some wine, of the peculiarities of some wines. And that will give the chance to the trader to understand that we are working also on the growth of the awareness among the consumers. The more we work among the consumers, the more we will see more traders to be interested in the Italian wines offer. The more we are going to conduct promotion in uh, what we call other cities, the more we will get in touch with the traders and the more they will see that, well, it's time to have traders that are interested in Italian wines in areas where in the past there was none. So it is a, a parallel action. That's why I think we use also the communication people, the press people, there, or any kind of tool for the communication that as partners, because this is the, those are the partners that we are, you have used in the past and we are using probably more and more in the future, particularly the social media, because this is the way we can make people aware of what is happening in Italy. I don't call it a revolution, but definitely there is a change. In the past, there were only, you know, possibilities for limited number of companies, limited numbers of wines. Today, we have hundreds. We are now working for a partnership with a digital player, and we know that they have already dealing with uh, more than 1,000 of different labels, maybe 600 companies. What we intend to do is to add more companies from Italy to this huge, already huge offer that is coming from Italy. But I would like to say that there are different kinds of projects that are intended for different kind of target in the market and also objectives in terms of sales and promotion. I just mentioned the Progetto Sud that gives us the chance to uh, 
give the companies that are emerging from the southern part of Italy, not only for wines, but for other sectors, but the one for wine is a very important program because we are going to facilitate uh, the contact between these emerging companies and uh, U.S. traders. We are going to work in order to make for the traders in the U.S. possible to know more about some of the wines that you mentioned and some other wines that are not even been able to be known by the, not even by the specialist. So the future is uh, in front of us and we are going to work at different levels with the parallel lines. But I insist more and more, there will be information, there will be education, there will be promotion, there will be more partnership with uh, uh, re- organized retail players important, and we are going to focus more on partnership with the companies that have developed the offline-online business, because we know that this is another of the strong point of the future. Oh, e-commerce you're talking about. E-commerce, exactly. And there are, there are companies that are specialized only in e-commerce and digital trade, but also there are players that they play with the two different lines of business. And this is, this is okay for us because they will give us the chance to make demonstrations and wine testing at the physical place. But at the same time, they can take care of the sales on the digital channel. So it's a, a multi-channel uh, promotion system that is going to take advantage of basically of what? Of this important growth of the digital trade in the US that in the past was limited only for some uh, small items of uh, consumption, you know, daily consumption. Today, the digital trade has been able, you know, to cover multiple sectors and food and wines are becoming very important sectors in the digital trade. So further to the point about leveraging assets, I think one of the most important ones is the Vinitaly International Academy, which Stevie Kim, who's the publisher of of this podcast and also the publisher of my book, has initiated. And they've got several hundred people thoroughly trained. And I've sat in a bunch of the classes and I can tell you I would not pass. And I know a lot about Italian wine. So these people are very, very educated and throughout the world, everything from Russia to China to the United States, East Coast, West Coast, all over the world. Are you guys integrating with uh, the Vinitaly International Academy? I know you work together, I know, on Vinitaly and also on some of the other programs. What about VIA? No, with, with the Academy, we have been conducting a joint activity in, this, uh, in the U.S. market and out of the U.S. So in the future, of course, we are going to continue this kind of activity. But as uh, I mentioned we are there, you know, standing by position because we are not in a condition to make investment that are going to be affected, negatively affected by the fact that the people cannot travel, the people cannot move, the people they cannot gather together. But as soon as we are going to, to, to have the confirmation by the authorities that uh, we can go back to the physical activity, we have plenty of projects that are going to start. We are like the uh, Olympic athletes, you know, ready to start. And then if the Olympic is going to start, we are going to be ready. This is the kind of situation where we are now. Okay, let's, you're from the government, so I think an, an appropriate subject to talk about is taxes. <laughs> and the U.S. government has just relaxed taxes on European countries. Italy was not a target of this. It was related to the Airbus dispute, but it it hammered the French producers and Spanish producers. And, and 
French exports to the U.S. are declining, I think, uh, is significantly, and Italy has benefited from that. Do you have any comments on, on the whole tariff issue? Well, you know, it's. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about, you know, reasons and uh, any kind of uh, this uh, political matter. What I can say that Italy was affected also for the spirits uh, sector. Well, wine was not affected, but the spirits were affected. And this was uh, a sector that where we have been investing, uh, you know, considerably in the, in the past, because uh, once again, it's a matter of culture. Our idea was to, to promote spirits as, uh, you know, linked to the moment of what we call the aperitivo, this relaxing moment in Italy that we think once again is going to offer the people the chance of not using simply a product, an industrial product or whatsoever product, but the uh, absorbing some kind of culture. The culture of aperitivo is a relaxing moment that people have inserted in the afternoon or whatever is possible to do this kind of thing. So the spirits were affected and we have uh, now uh, tried to conduct some activity to push uh, the spirits again. I think one that has benefited most is Aperol and the Aperol spritz. I mean, one of the, the pleasures in my life is sitting in Piazza Bra in Verona having an Aperol spritz looking at the Roman Colosseum. I mean, doesn't get more Italian than that. Yeah, but there are many other variations, as you know. There are many other interpretations. So it is, what is important for us is the fact that it's not only a matter of spirits. It's what is coming with the spirit is this, this moment, this, is, this fraction of the life of the eternal lifestyle that the people now are absorbing. So you see more and more, even in Manhattan and many other cities, that the people, when they have to order something in the afternoon, it's just a spritz. Then it can be done with different kind of spirits. But this is very important. So this means that uh, we were not affected in terms of wine. We were affected in terms of spirits. We are confident that uh, uh, it seems, as has been already announced, that uh, there will be a period of four months where this uh, kind of duty are going to be waived, are going to be stopped for a certain moment. Uh, but the idea is that uh, at the end, there will be maybe, we hope, in the elimination of these uh, measures. And uh, once again, I think uh, combining the post-COVID moment and the elimination of the duties, we are going to have uh, conditions where a lot of physical activities with partners, you just mentioned the Academy of Vinitari, but we have partners here, such as Gambero Rosso. We have many the partners in Italy and in the United States because all the professional people that we are going to engage every time that we have to conduct some any market research to know more, those are we consider the partners because without the collaboration of these skills, of this competence, of these professionals, I think it's impossible, even for a, a national agency, to have a better picture of the market, to understand what is necessary for this market, and to, if you want, to transfer all this precious information to the Italian companies. We are constantly informing, even with the seminars, with the webinar now, the Italian companies about the changes, the difficulties of the market, the regulations of this market, telling the people that this market is a very attractive market. Of course, it's difficult, but it's not impossible because this market, in the specific case of wine, has been able to give, uh, you know, if you want, the, the laurel of the success to the small and medium-sized companies, to the traditional companies, but everybody knows that there are now some small, really small companies, but because the, they have been able to do the right wine for the right consumer in the United States, they are now collecting incredible 
results and success that was unthinkable 10 years or 15 years ago. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you on something here. I, I was watching another Stanley Tucci movie called The Big Night. Uh, takes place in an Italian restaurant. And one of the things that occurs there is a consumer is very upset. She served with risotto, wonderful risotto, presented all, you know, beautifully all that, and then asked for a side order of spaghetti and meatballs. And and that's, I know, okay, but it's it's very, I think it's less true today, but still very significant that Americans think of Italian cuisine, the Southern cuisine, tomato-dominated red sauce, gravy, as we call it here. Do you see more and more people accepting more or encountering real Italian foods, even in the supermarket? And I think of Barilla uh, as an example of an authentic Italian pasta. Well, I see... I see everything through the data of the export from Italy. Export uh, the 2019 uh, in sector of food has been growing, was growing for four years in a row, and it was a constant growth of the Italian food from Italy. This means that uh, Americans now are switching, if you want, to new model of dietary habits, of course. But what they are doing also, I think, among the Italian, so-called Italian products, also as a consequence of the activity, uh, the aggressivity, if you want, of Italian companies and the activity of the Italian trade agency, more and more Americans are now understanding what is the authentic, the real authentic Italian product and what is called the Italian food, the Italian product. We know that when we talk about Italian food, millions of consumers, they do not distinguish uh, between the original food coming from Italy and the, what is called or the so-called or the, I would say, the Italian-style food. But we have seen that uh, due to the fact that uh, any single sector, subsectors of the food has been growing in the last years, we see that more and more consumers, they are paying attention to the fact that when they want to really enjoy the experience of the authentic Italian food, they go for the authentic. And this is can be, you know, for cheeses, can be for preserves, can, can be for any kind of, of product coming from Italy. So we are confident that by combining the activity of wine with activity of food, we are going to continue to force uh, change and a growing awareness among the consumers that when we talk about real Italian food, we have to have in mind a totally different scenario from what the people that have been dealing with the American food or Italian food in America have been dealing for the past. The Italian food, is, as, because it's a cultural moment, is always in a continuous evolution, is changing. So we have to teach the people that in Italy, the rice is something that is part of the Italian tradition. Rice doesn't mean China, but in Europe, Italy is the largest producer of rice and is the largest consumer. This means that rice has been, uh, of course, a secondary, you know, food, but has been present from uh, Lombardia and uh, and uh, Piedmont, but also in Sicily, because some some street food or specialties of Sicily that are dating back to the time of the Arabs, they are very, very popular. So Sicilians have been consuming rice in huge quantity, but also other areas in Italy. So it's a matter of information, of education, of communication. Italy is not only 
you know, what the people say, spaghetti and meatball. Of course, this has been the tradition, but we think that uh, the great chefs are contributing to the change of the patterns of the uh, idea that the people have of the Italian cuisine. More and more, we see that Italian restaurants uh, are, you know, into the top 10, the list of the top 10, top 20, and, uh, and food is becoming now uh, more and more, if you want, sophisticated. We have more and more restaurants that, for instance, even in Manhattan, they have the so-called ricotta, directly imported from Italy. So it's now there is a competition. In the past, certain products, they were only made, although they were Italians, they were only made in U.S. Now, a lot of uh, top quality restaurants and supermarkets, they are providing the consumers with uh, the real product made in Italy. So for us, this is a big change. Of course, this for us is, what does it mean? Is is a lot of work for us. This means that there is space in the market, but what we have to do is to make more and more people in the US acquainted what, with what is the real and authentic Italian product. That's why in the past we have been using authentic Italian product and some campaigns were based on the real, or we'll say real authentic Italian product. Understood, yeah. So last question. Vin Italy, uh, they've announced, is going to happen this year as we're recording this in, in early March. What's your point of view on the role of trade shows going forward post-COVID? Well, I think is that uh, the, the people are, uh, you know, becoming more and more aware, people that are working in the promotion, in the fairs, in the exhibition, more and more aware that the post-COVID area is going to give us the chance to combine some of the experience that we have developed during the COVID era, which means that platforms, uh, there is a new jargon, you know, platforms, digital trade, connection, B&B or virtual B2B, things like that, and the physical. When the physical is coming back, I think that uh, everybody is going to combine these two aspects. Even uh, at the trade commission, we are at the trade agency, we are combining these two aspects. In the future, at the time that we are going to participate, for instance, into a fair, we are going to take care of the pavilion, of course, the Italian pavilion, selecting the companies. Everything will be physical, but the digital tools will give us, for instance, to open up kind of platform, a window, one month before the exhibition. So we can give the people the chance to introduce with the videos and uh, with other presentations to the potential traders. So the fair is going to be uh, one of the moment of the exhibition. If you want, it's an evolution of the exhibitions. So the, the anything, and, and then of course the exhibitors and the organizers, they are going to keep the platform open for three months more compared to the physical, you know, shut off of the, of the fairs. So the people, they could continue to get in touch even after the fairs. And if you want, between one edition and the other edition, there will be some kind of a digital bridge that is going to be able to connect the exhibitors because they can send messages, they can continue to talk with the exhibitors, with the visitors. But at the same time, they will give the chance to the companies to develop uh, a better business relationship. is not is no more something that is occurring and is happening in three days of the exhibitions. It will start in advance. It will continue even after after the exhibition. 
Uh, I've, I've stated uh, my point of view on that is that the real value of, I think, uh, trade shows is you initiate, it used to be that you would initiate the conversation. You would meet someone for the first time at Van Italy and then you'd go home, right? Now, I think the challenge or the opportunity with all the tools that we have is the conversation gets started, however it gets started, but the role of the trade show is to consummate the relationship because it's the only place where you can do the two things you can't do online, which is look someone physically in the eye and taste alongside with them. And I think that is absolutely critical. It is not just the wine alone. It's the person who makes it because brands are a lot more than just a varietal. Yeah, you know, it seems to go back to the uh, Middle Ages at the time that the fairs, you know, where the the moment where the business was finalized, the people were meeting in uh, most important cities in Europe. The people were traveling, they were visiting there, and they were forced to finalize the agreement, the deal, because there was no other chances. You know, they've been traveling for hundreds of miles. So uh, if in a certain way, the, the exhibition, the physical exhibition is going to be the final moment of a dialogue that has started maybe one month in advance. And at the time that the people are meeting, they will have the chance to, to get together each other, to know each other, to finalize, to develop, the, if you want, the trust that is indispensable for the business. And so once again, I think the fairs and the exhibitions are going to prove, are going to show that they are indispensable. I think that Business will need, in any case, for some specific business and for some specific sectors, the physical presence. And that's why I think the companies are going to offer again in the calendar important exhibition, reorganized exhibition, rationalized exhibitions that are indispensable, particularly for the wine wine sector. Okay, we're uh, we're going to close. But uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Vin Italy, it's one of the the largest trade shows, certainly the largest trade show in the international wine business, but also of all trade shows. And if you ever get a chance to go, take the opportunity. It is an experience of a lifetime. So I wanted to say a big thank you to Antonino Laspina, who is the director of uh, the Italian Trade Commission, New York office for his time sharing it with us and your thoughts. Thank you very much for joining us. Let me thank a lot for giving me this chance and opportunity to talk with your people, I would say, the people that have been following you. And I think that the, well, I remain available for any kind of additional information that the, you know that your people is going to need about the Italian wines and any kind of activity with Italy. Thank you very much. One more thing before we go. So a message to the listeners out there. We really don't know who you are, and we'd like to hear from you. You can reach me at steve at bevologyinc.com. We know that a large percentage of the people who are listening are Americans, smaller UK, and even smaller yet is Italian. I don't understand that, and I'd like to understand who's listening and why. So if you want to reach out to me, I'd love it. Okay, once again, Signore Laspina and the Italian Trade Commission, some uh, people I've worked with for many years and... Uh, expect the great things from you in the coming year. Thank you. Thank you. Arrivederci. This is Steve Ray saying thanks again for listening on behalf of the Italian Wine Podcast.